Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. How's it going, Todd? Oh, it's going good. How about you? Oh, really good. Really good. I'm a little sore. We did some skiing yesterday and I was trying some things that I hadn't tried for 20-some-odd years, maybe. (laughs) It's been a while, and uh, I woke up this morning. I went to make a cup of coffee, and man, I was like, oh, wow, these are legs. (laughs) I can feel my legs. So it's good to be sitting down right now. I saw those pictures that you posted on Instagram at, at oh, yeah. Jeremy the Gertz and beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice up here. Um, it was busy yesterday, though. Like, we, we were trying to beat the system as a family. We're like, you know what? Let's go during the middle of the week, you know, Thursday. Let's go skiing. I can't, like, we, we would stood in line sometimes for like 20 minutes. 25 minutes? It was ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. I think this whole pandemic has everybody unemployed and skiing. Bunch of jerks. <laughs> yeah. Um, How's things going for you? Actually, that's pretty pretty much sums it all up. Um, yeah. No, all these people are supposed to be at home with their kids. Um, and they're playing hooky and going skiing. Yeah. And I, I don't mean folks like, you know, you and your family that traditionally homeschool, you've been doing it. You've always done it. Not just people that have pretended to do it for a year. Yeah. Having said, you know, if I'm truthful though, if I were in their situation, I would probably do the same thing too. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Screw this. But this is stupid. Let's you, just go ski. <laughs> but if they're not you, they're yeah. in the way. So just saying. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cramping my style. Cramping my style. <laughs> Hey, you over there in the minivan, go back to Ontario. We don't want you over here. Yeah. (laughs) What have you been up to? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And a whole 12-pack of nothing. Um, It's Hmm. not been a good week Um, overall. The guy that was supposed to come for, well, he did come, but was supposed to get us that estimate to redo the driveway. You know, I've been waiting on it for three weeks, so I'm going to kick him to the curb. Uh, 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 had another, I don't know, some reoccurrence with my back issue. And even it was so bad, <laughs> I missed my appointment with the neurosurgeon. So, Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how bad your back gets. <laughs> You miss your appointment with your neurosurgeon. Uh, wow. Uh, having my sleep cycles all messed up. Was up at 2 o'clock this morning. You know. Huh. Uh, the truck I was, we briefly talked about last week that I was looking at, uh, 2019 Ford F-250, that one sold out from under me. Eh, you know, I drug my feet. I deserve it. But I, I just don't know. Not really what I wanted. Mm. Uh, 
I'm really got my stomach set on a 2011 uh, Ford F-250 XLT Lariat, um, but with the bench front seat, which is a rare option. Anyway, uh, just because the 2011 seems to be the Goldilocks year that's in the middle of that 17-year run of the exact same truck. Hmm. And I've done a lot of uh, research on the forums and, you know, actual mechanic forums where they talk about this Saturday, what trucks they would buy, uh, stuff like that. And 11 uh, seems to be the most uh, commonly called out vehicle uh, for the Ford diesel heavy duties that in three quarter ton. Uh, hmm. There are a lot of folks that want. Uh, older, uh, what I would call unicorn Dodges with the Cummins in it, you know. Oh, I found a first-gen Dodge Cummins with two miles on it. No, you didn't. Stop Yeah. It. But. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, one guy on the on one of the forums I was looking at, he did actually find a uh Original, all original, even the tires, uh, first gen Cummins, one ton. That was a uh, like a showroom model, hmm. and never got sold. The owner, uh, after it got its rotation in the showroom, said, "Oh, put that in a uh, secondary warehouse." And they forgot about it. Oh, wow. Apparently. Oh, anyway, this guy who was a mechanic for that dealership, he was retiring. Uh, he wound up buying it. Uh, so I guess, you know, we'll say the sticker price way back then, all those decades ago was, uh, you know, whatever it was. And he paid triple that for it. And it's still a good deal, like a screaming wow. deal. But uh, yeah. I think he said he paid like 85 for it. Huh. You know, I just thought if I had uh, if I had like a boatload of money, if I won a lottery, you know, say you've got $50 million in the bank, I would honestly, I always thought it'd be cool to buy, you know, when a certain vehicle comes out, maybe it's the first year of a model, just to buy one and park it. You know, put a car cover over it, park it away and leave it for 40 years, 50 years. And then bring it back and be like, this is like an original, you know, I always thought that'd be the coolest thing on earth to do. Yeah. I think what I would do if I had that kind of cash right now today in 2021 is to find and buy as many of those new C7 or C8 Corvettes, the new mid engine mm. that you could, you know, throw whatever money at it. You can to get those, you know, to buy them and warehouse them in uh, climatically controlled storage and just leave them. Yeah. I it's, haven't heard about this car. Yes, the new mid-engine Corvette that came out in 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. First, they, you know, people have wanted a mid-engine Corvette since the 60s or 70s, and yeah. uh, they finally did it. And uh, it... About the only sports car guy that I listen to for as far as 
reviews go that I, you know, because all of them say I'm unbiased, but none of them really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody has bills to pay. Let's just face it. Yeah. And this guy will tell you, I got bills to pay. I take money from accessory people, you know, yeah. whether it's Armor All or, you know, whomever, Garmin, you know, things yeah. like that. Think accessories you put on the car is I won't take money from car manufacturers. And if I do, I'll tell you. Yeah. But the other thing you got to worry about is these people that tell you, I take no money from car manufacturers, but they're taking money from uh, publications that are financed basically by the car manufacturers like Car and Driver magazine. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to do a video on YouTube, but your video is sponsored by Car and Driver. That means they're going to tell you what to say and how to say it. Yeah. You know, but anyway... Um, he was saying, it's a, it's cool. It's a mid-engine American uh, mini supercar, you know. It's a mid-engine yeah. Corvette, finally. It has the exact same performance as the if the C, the most recent C7. Because hmm. they yeah, worked I so hard. Why. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, because they worked so hard all those decades getting a front-engine Corvette to handle properly, right? Yeah. And now this is the yeah. first year of mid-engine. He said, you know, give them a decade at working at mid-engine, and they'll, they'll get it down pat, and then you'll see a huge leap in performance over yeah. current, you know, front-engine. But, yeah. but they're going to be worth a crap ton of money later because it's the first. Yeah. Yeah. And I always wonder why it took them so long. Like if you're going to make a sports car, it makes so much sense to center the weight. And I mean, I'm not an engineer. Uh, I, you know I mean? I don't work in that field. I've never tried tuning vehicles like that, but just, okay, get, get as much as the weight centered between all four tires. And that should uh, affect your handling. It should make it, you know what I mean? And obviously shifting it one way or another could do different things. But when I look at that, I mean, I never knew about this Corvette till just now. But when you, when you mention it, I'm like, yeah, why did it take them so long? That It seems like such a logical thing, especially so many of the, the European, you know, the Italian, the German, a lot of those sports cars are mid-engine cars, you know. And it's like, well, of course, you know. It's uh, interesting. Uh, there are a lot of reasons behind it, particularly in the last three decades. Um, and it would be a lot of reasons that people would go, oh, no, that's conspiracy. People, I used to work for the Department of Transportation. Trust me. Uh, the insurance industry, uh, safety uh, organizations like DOT and then state organizations, agencies of the same ilk, um, uh, advocacy groups, um, just all kinds of things like that have pushed against an affordable American supercar because then hmm. more people, more idiots are going to go kill themselves yeah, and possible yeah. bystanders, you know, because you can't yeah, give yeah. a Hollywood superstar or a rapper a Ferrari for two seconds without them wrapping it around a pole. So. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, true. Look, Who's that? Wasn't that one? One of the greatest storytellers on earth today who's also a car guy ed bolian made his fortune whatever he has selling the same super card to rapper anyway huh oh you, well, who's you that one actor one he, you last week um, go ahead. <laughs> got another one for you exactly do you, do you yeah who's that guy that actor he was in the fast and the furious and then he died in a car accident <laughs> oh, I can't think of his name, but yeah, that, yeah. And, and, you know, people are going to think I'm evil when I say this and I, I don't mean it the way it's going to sound, but I also mean it the way it's going to sound. It's weird. I can't explain it, but the most tragic part of that story is the rare Porsche he destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, they're trying to, they've still to this day, trying to blame it on Porsche. No, he shouldn't have been doing what he was doing. Sorry. Yeah. It was complete Walker. pilot error. Yeah, Paul Walker. Yeah. That's what it's like. from Glendale, California. And the wrong Fast and Furious actor was killed in that wreck, by the way. Should have been Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's uh. crazy. Yeah, no, that's cool. Oh, um, so, so I know. Um, I've started looking at. What's that? No, go ahead. No, I've started looking at. Uh, so I was doing some research this week on how to make my Civic faster. <laughs> and the, so I've got what they call the. I think it's the D17, which is probably the most pathetic engine that they've ever put in there uh, from a performance standpoint. And uh, everyone says, <laughs> you know, step number one, remove D17. Step number two, install K2000 or whatever it is. So. Oh no! You know you do those Google searches how, how to make cheap horsepower on this Civic, and it's like you can't. <laughs> Some people say, okay, you know, either turbo it or do an engine swap. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go through the headache of a turbo. Um, but then at the same time, it's, it's not that hard. You know what I mean? Um, Is it naturally aspirated or fuel injection? Uh, fuel injection, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It's still better than if it were carbureted and then you try to throw a turbo on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that I think like doing the mechanical work would be easy and then but then you need to kind of get in there and tune it a bit, you know? And um I don't know. I, uh, shops around here I was looking and I'm like, man, they charge a fortune to <laughs> to even talk on the phone with you it seems. So I don't know. What what I may end up doing, I, I don't know. You know, it's one of these things where it's like, I'd like to have a little more pep. And it's it's not a slow car. Like, I can't, I mean, I drive fast. It's a standard, so I can, you know, I can get all, I don't know, it's like 112 horsepower, something like that. I can use it as, as best as I can. Um, but I'm also wondering, you know, sometimes it's best to be like, okay, let's have a project. You know, th this car of mine is dead reliable. And it runs great. It's phenomenal on fuel. It doesn't leak oil, doesn't burn oil. And I'm like, you know what, this is just a good daily driver. You know, the one thing that sucks, it's a two door, it's a coupe. And so for a daily driver standpoint, if I got to run kids around, it's a little bit inconvenient, but I'm like, you know, we're, we're kind of starting off with like the worst possible option to do something performance wise with, you know, and sometimes I wonder if it's best, if you're going to have a project car, have a project car but don't combine that with your daily driver. So no, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. 
Yeah, you know, I, we'll see. I would probably look at uh, just ordering a you know do some research on bolt-on uh, tuner kits, whether it's a with turbo, without, whatever. That way, everything comes in the box. It's pre-tuned, you know, the mm-hmm. chip, and then you you put it on because this. Yeah. You know, I mean, the engine's not powerful to begin with, but it is bulletproof. Yeah. You know, they, they say the number one thing you can do with that is the exhaust because, I mean, they put such, and it's true. Like, I look at the little exhaust down there. It looks like a drinking straw. <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh, they God, say those engines would just like, go down the road like every Civic I've ever hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? Put a fart can on the back. <laughs> That's a loud hundred hundred horses under there. I tell you what. You you got yeah three cylinders, a hundred horse, and now you got an exhaust I could stick my head in. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a big great resonator tip on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Just just do like no. those uh the pipeline workers in Texas do with their trucks. Um I'm gonna get more performance. I'm gonna lift it and paint it. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. How does that make more power? That's what... Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's their response. Shut up. <laughs> that's what they do up here. The rig pigs in Alberta, it's the exact same thing. Um <laughs> You know, they buy like a nice sixty, seventy thousand dollar truck and then they, they put like fifty thousand dollars into the wheels and the lift and then they always do something with the exhaust. And the real cool guys, they'll they'll bring the stack right up into yeah. the box, right? So it's like you buy a truck that's designed for hauling stuff and now you're gonna lose certain portion of oh, what's probably a, a short bed already. An eight inch yeah. straight tube right up to the bed <laughs> so, and it just smoking like hell's creation. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then they have no more power than the 65-year-old guy at the stoplight next to him in the stock same vehicle, you know. Yeah. It's just everybody points at you and laughs behind your back. Yeah. I had a buddy who had a a Ford, the Harley-Davidson edition. is a three-quarter ton, I think, diesel. And I don't know what the heck he put on for a tuner, but basically it was like this module – and it hooked up to his phone. The module itself had its own like wireless card, and so anywhere in the world he could that that he that his truck was on near cell phone towers, he could tune it, and then also start it. You know, as we went snowmobiling once, and we're all up in our hotel, and then he just fires it and starts his truck up, and it's pretty cool like that. But he'll be driving around. You have to have it idling, I think, or off, and uh, you can't do it actually while you're driving. But he can tune it so he. He blows more smoke. He's like, you, you boys want to roll coal? That's what they call it. And so he would change it up like this. And then when he stomped on it, man, you couldn't see anything behind you. It was just black. And then, you know, we're driving the rest of the way home. because ah, I'm going to detune. I don't want to be rolling coal the whole way home. So he changes it and stomps on it and it's clean, you know, and it's so crazy that all this stuff can just be done with a computer. And uh, I think his power range, he can go up to like, he changes the boost settings as turbo has, um, he can up and down tune it as much. I think it's almost like 200 horse, but he had a lot of work done to this truck. Like the whole engine, yeah, I think he had a blueprint. I don't know what he did to it. He spent thousands and thousands on his engine, but, uh, man, it was crazy. It was, it was a fast truck. That was a fast truck. We had snowmobiles, 
and we had to make sure they're really tied down well and a trailer on and nobody could touch us off the line. We had four, four men in this thing, four grown men and he would punch it and we were all back in our seats. It was pretty impressive. That was a cool truck, but he uh, crashed it. We <laughs> had a dude up in, I mean, early on in the diesel tuning days in the early nineties, um, early to mid nineties, he had a first, second gen, first or second gen Dodge, but he put uh, H1 Hummer uh, axles and tires on Oh, wow. It. And rebuilt the entire engine himself. He used to work for, he used to actually work at Cummins before he joined the military. Huh. And he did all this stuff to his engine, and he could light up all four of those big Hummer tires at the same time. Wow. That's crazy. Like, yeah, I don't like doing it. You know, <laughs> whatever it is, huh. $1,000 a tire back then. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember when the first Dodges came out, my dad, uh, he couldn't believe they put the Cummins in there. He said, there's no way. He didn't believe it. And, you know, I mean, that's the same engine they put in five ton gravel trucks yeah. and uh if no that's true and he looked at yep and so i remember my dad told me he goes wow he go, they put a million mile engine in a fifty thousand kilometer pickup <laughs> that's something else you know my dad's not a dodge guy but that's quite the move i remember back in the day made made quite the stories yeah, another thing flat earthers do, the kind of flat earther <laughs> mentality, uh, not only would their uh, belief that just lifting a vehicle increases its performance. Um, <laughs> oh God, I, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> if you do anything dumb, <laughs> we're just going to name you a flat earther now. <laughs> I just want, I just want to get little stickers made. I'm a flat earther and throw them on everybody's truck. I see that does that. Yeah. Oh God. That's funny. <laughs> I got a story. I got a story. I got to tell you about once you're done. Go ahead. About stickers on vehicles. I have. <laughs> oh. Mm. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so anyways, I was, I was doing this advanced first aid course uh, through work when I worked at San Joe. And um, it's two weeks. And uh, you're registered as a healthcare provider in the province of Alberta. So. Technically, like if, if you came out on, on a car accident and there's just police there and you were going to start doing first aid, the, the police can't legally tell you to leave the scene, right? Because you're registered healthcare provider. Anyways, it was an intense course and uh, I remember we were leaving and there's this one idiot that kind of worked in the same industrial park and he'd always cut in front of me and I tried to not let him. And it was, it was funny because only, we only met up a couple times, but every time we remembered each other and it was always this... Bleh. This one of those guys, you leave at the same time and he's a jerk. Anyways, this one time, cut in front of me real hard. And so I thought, you know what, screw this. So I went out past him and this wasn't a turning lane. I got back in in front of him and that made him mad. So it was going on and on. And then he came up beside me and he was laughing and he's just pointing at me laughing. And I'm like, what are you doing? 
And then anyways, I'm driving home. I'm like, this is dumb. And I was on 16th Avenue, coming up a hill uh, from Deerfoot, stop at a stoplight. And uh, this guy pulls up beside me a car, gives me a honk and a thumbs up. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, okay. And then another vehicle later on like drives past me with the thumbs up. And I'm like, what's going on? And uh, I was actually going to my parents' place to, uh, I had sold my doom buggy I built to my brother-in-law, or we traded for something. And uh, so I pulled up to my parents and I was going to unlock the gate and he pulls in behind me and uh, his wife gets out, walks around and takes a picture of the back of my car. And I said, what are you doing? Why is everybody into this car right now? And one of the guys that I worked with that was doing the course with me, they had the, a pride flag, a big pride flag that was the same size as my license plate. And he actually took it and covered my entire license plate with a pride flag. <laughs> this rainbow and everybody's thinking that I'm like, dude. So anyways, I, I remember that and I was so mad at him. I was like, first of all, if I'd gotten pulled over, you know what kind of ticket I would get for that? Second of all, I had guys hitting on me <laughs> in traffic, you know? Oh, it's it well, ridiculous. Was, look on the bright side. You know, if, if there came a time, you know, you started feeling that way, at least you're attractive to them. Just saying. <laughs> I guess. I don't think that time will ever come, Todd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I had this a friend me when, when you... I was younger who <laughs> said... was gay. And uh, he, we, we were just, he was a mechanic, too. You know, he was, uh, we were just busting on one another. And I said something, and he's like, look, you don't ever have to worry about anything from me or any other gay guy, you know, because you're, you're, you know. You're ugly to us too, is what basically what he was trying to say. <laughs> I was like, Whew. that's funny. <laughs> Never <laughs> been so happy to be repulsive in all my life. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, was it? You know, it's funny that the, the kids are getting so sick and tired of. What does my daughter say? She can't we just have a normal month for once? Because now, what well, was March? It's like gender equality month, right? <laughs> it's like. And then there's like International Women's Day and oh god oh, yes man. yes ah. oh I wanted to <laughs> mention this to you and I forgot thank you for reminding me yeah women you wanted equality so bad you got it and then the best woman you can come up with for 2020 is a dude who's that just Caitlyn Jenner. Was the woman of the year. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, no, these, oh, these social, social justice warriors and it's all these bleeding. It's just shut up. Like, I, I, I feel the same way my kids do. It's like, can't we just have a normal month? Can't we just have a month that's not dedicated to some thing? You know, like, you got, Black History Month. Would you ever have a White History Month? Of course you wouldn't, because that's well, that's too much. If you can't have a uh, um, Man's Month or uh, White History Month, or you can't have any of it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. Ugh. It's just a. I don't know. It's interesting. And, and you know what? You just have. Uh, a civil rights month. Yeah. Every month. A human being. And let's a human move month. And let's try to get move forward with civil rights instead of, you know, BLM when we literally have 
a white slave trade still to this day. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, hashtag whatever the anti-slave hashtag is. Instead of doing that, why don't you put your phone down and go do something about it? Yeah, yeah. You know, like the the there's a group of vets in the United States that got sick and tired of nobody doing anything about the uh, Internet pedophiles. So they formed their own group, and they're going after them. Yep. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of fighters in in like the Middle East and stuff. They're just like civilians. They're like, you know what? I want some action. I'm sick and tired of this. You know, uh, this whole group of bikers that they're going over and fighting ISIS from Germany. Yeah, and they're like, you know what? These guys are doing bad stuff. We got guns. We can get our guns over there. I just want to go go take care of these guys. You know. Um. Well, and it, it's funny. Like it, it's true. You say put your phones down because all these people. They, they just do stuff that isn't tangible, right? Uh, you know, social justice warriors and uh, cancel culture, you know, <laughs> like Dr. Seuss. So now, now his stuff's offensive because in one of his books, he saw a Chinaman eating with sticks or a man from China eating with sticks. Well, don't um, they? Yeah. You know, when you go get Chinese takeout, they usually give you an option for chopsticks. No, or are we they don't have give you the option. That they too? just throw them in the bag in those little red sleeves, that, and you break them in half, trying to break them in half. You know. Yeah. Ah, stop it. I know. I know. It's just uh, you know what it is that uh, people somehow they truly believe that they have a right to never encounter anything, not even the slightest bit offensive or disagreeable with them. The, the people seem to think that this cancel culture thinking is that every single thing on planet Earth must make me feel good. It must align with what I think is true. And if you say anything contrary to that, if I say anything that challenges you or that is against what you believe, ah, you, you just you can't. They're snowflakes. They cannot handle the pressure of that. You know? Well, yes. And there's a anti-God movement now, right? But it's only the Christian yeah. God. Because that's a safe thing to fight against. Because it's only yeah. white people, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you want religion taken out of everything? Well, that means Islam has to go. Oh, no, no, no. We can't do that. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Islam, you know, the Catholic Church. Now it's, a, now it's a big thing. Can't touch that, right? Because so many people are, they say they're Catholics. You know, you know, I mean, I find Catholics and maybe this is, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it anyways, this is being judgmental, but this is based on my experience, what I have seen. I have known a lot of Catholic people and they are some of the rowdiest when they're young men, these Catholic boys, they're some of the rowdiest young men I've ever met. And then, you know, usually for Christmas mass, they go there and they, they do their communion or whatever. And then the rest of the year, it's a kind of the same thing, like, uh, with like Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday, all that stuff, right? Being right before Lent, because like, hey, let's have one big wild party because we got to start behaving now. And I find Catholics to be more like that. That you know, it's like, oh no, I'm Catholic. It's like, do you ever go to church? No. Oh yeah, I, I go to Christmas and Easter or whatever, you know. And then, oh yeah, I got my first communion. I was baptized, but man, they're rowdy. It's I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Well. I'm not going to say this from personal experience other than I witnessed it, literally witnessed it 
even though I didn't actually do it. In uh, college and military environment, uh, young, by young, I mean 18 to 25, uh, Catholic and Jewish girls were the most uh, sexually promiscuous I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. It's like they, they're no, 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 no the whole time because of their religion, whatever. And then you let them free and whatever. Go crazy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you, you know what you're doing to yourself? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a. Uh, well, like here we had, uh, because of the old Wuhan sniffles, um, there's a pastor who kept having services and they threw him in jail. And, you know, yeah, he everybody kind of oh, knew it could the happen. The condition right? of his release would be that he could never preach again. I don't know if I heard that or not. Was that? It was in that article. Um, oh, okay. I, oh. Yeah, I know he was denied bail several times. You know, like, I just look how messed up this country is. So, you know, we had a guy who was an ISIS fighter come over here. He shot an American, uh, a Canadian soldier in the back who was guarding, uh, guarding the, uh, whatever, the tomb of the un, unnamed tomb soldier or whatever it was, soldier, right? Yeah. yeah. Shoots him in the back. And then he ends up getting an apology from Justin Trudeau and $10 million. And now he owns a strip mall in Edmonton. And we have a white guy who's preaching at church and says, I don't really care about these government regulations. I'm going to keep preaching. Zero cases of COVID-19 in that church. Literally, the effect that he's had on the health and well-being of human beings that were there is absolutely nothing. Like, no impact whatsoever. Nobody got sick. And yet he's in jail and he's denied bail. I'm like, wow. And and I don't understand. Like, take religion out of it. If you don't believe in religion, you don't believe in God, okay, fine. But just think about what is actually happening in this country right now. Does that not terrify you that this guy has literally not harmed a single human soul? He's never given anybody a cold. He's never given anybody a stubbed toe doing what he's doing. And for what he's doing, he's in jail. And he's not allowed to get bail. He's a threat. You can't let him out of jail. But you oh. got some idiot comes here and shoots the soldier in the back like a coward. And he's released. He's completely freed. And he's given $10 million from our government. Well, it's and if all people, tied together like, come with... Uh, on. It's all tied together with this new snowflake society. And I mean this, that it's... You know, 21 years ago, 20 years ago, this year, every you know everyone in North America was against Islam because of a terrorist attack, right? Yeah. But slowly you saw that pendulum swing to where, oh, not all Islam is terror, blah, blah, blah. Well, not anyone in Islam stood up against the killing. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, so that all this cancel culture, social justice warrior, liberal, socialist, communist society thinking is all attached to one another. And it's popular with enough 
of the Trudeau voter kind of people to do that, right? It makes him yeah. more popular with that group. Mm-hmm. Same by the same token, this you know white Protestant preacher. Oh God, no! You can't go against the government, dude. You know we got to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's popular with the same group of people. And there are literally hundreds of people that get paid a lot of money, a lot of money in these um, that work for these um, political campaign offices, uh, the National Democratic Party, as uh, consultant for long term, you know, one year, five year, ten year, thirty year. Uh, societal movement, you know, it's marketing, but it's marketing out on uh, a long-term scale, and it's what, uh, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Nikita Khrushchev or whatever, whoever in the 60s said, we can't beat you face-to-face, you know. Socialism, communism cannot beat democracy one-on-one. You can't get in a boxing ring or on the battlefield and win. We had to do it behind the scenes Mm -hmm. through your educational uh, system, through your uh, entertainment system, and, you know, within three generations, we'll have won. And Mm -hmm. doggone it if he ain't right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's a little little sneak in here, a little sneak in there. And then, you know, is like a cancer just kind of keeps growing and growing and spreading and growing. And then you've got all these people who are just, I don't know, I just, there is no, I don't know, I don't even understand it. And to the point that's like, ugh, you know, hell in a handbasket. I mean, we're so, we're going there so fast. It's just, it, it, the world is so stupid. Like, why are people so dumb? Well, that screaming and I, I pity. Know. Uh, that's on all the memes. You know who it is. I I, I prefer not to even remember her name. Uh, most yeah. recently was talking about whites are evil and mu- and must be stopped. Have you looked in the mirror? Have you? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. if you think whites are evil, you should take the first step and get rid of one white by committing suicide. Yeah. Take one for the uh, team. Know, if you think you're right, prove it. Yeah. Um, I think well, yeah, evil it's, people it's, are evil, and it's, you know, evil's just evil. It's devoid yeah. of race, color, creed, national origin, sex, any of that. Anything, yeah. Yeah. Like I was showing it my kids. It uses all uh, that stuff, but, you know. Yeah. Like, you saw what Coke did, that internal memo they sent to their employees? Yes. <laughs> to be less white? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's this guy, you should, uh, there's a YouTube video. This guy's from Mississippi, I think, and he wrote this song, How to Be Less White. And uh, it's a little country, western kind of yeah. guitar picking dude. It was, it was yes. pretty funny. Yes. And he said, uh, I like at the end, he said, boy, I'm sure glad the snow is all melting because it was way too white around here. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
And it's, it's you know, I, 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 tell, I tell my kids, it's like, you know what? The world wants to make us feel like, a, particularly me, I'm a white male, straight. I'm a white straight male. I am like the enemy of all society right now. Oh, it's right? even like worse than that. Everything you're, about me. You're, you're I'm a, white. I'm a repressor. You're male. You're Christian. And you're conservative to libertarian. Yeah. You are the evil of evils. Yeah. And I'm right and there. You know, <laughs> yeah. And I, I notice it sometimes. Like if you go into a store here, I mean, we've got a lot of ethnic diversity here. Uh, we've like opened up the doors and a floodgate of immigration, um, like really not controlled. And you'll go into a store and it'll be like all uh, Filipino ladies. And I walk in, I mean, I'm a bigger dude, right? Like, I mean, I'm 6'2", um, and I'm, well, bald, and certain things I could look menacing if I want to, but I'll walk in there, be super friendly, and they're all just, you can tell they're nervous. And even if I wasn't, it's not necessarily my physical stature, I think it's the fact that I'm white and I'm a man. And they're like, oh, and this this whole culture, it's, I feel like putting a sticker on my car that says, I'm a white male, and I will not apologize for it. You know, I was born this way. I don't apologize for it. There's nothing wrong with me. But all of society right now is trying to say that, oh, this is, oh, this is bad. You need to be less white. You need to be less male. You know, this toxic masculinity. And it's just like, shut up. I'm just, oh, it's so stupid. That's annoying. This is like the grumpy old man bitching and whining podcast today, hey? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. it's, you know, truth detecting 101, but. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, like, you sit here and, and whining about it, but uh, I always I always say, like, okay, what's a solution then, right? Like, my dad always used to say, if you're not part of the, if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. And I, I think that's very true. And I'm always like, okay, how do we fix it? I don't know. Per- personally, I kind of think that, um. You know, if I show people that, yes, I'm a white man and I'm always, when I'm out in public, generally I'm, I'm not a people, but I don't like people that much. They, they're annoying. Uh, they're selfish. They're in the way. But when I'm in public, I'm super friendly. Like you know, hold the door open for people. Um, always say thank you. Always say please. Somebody does something. I was like, thank you so much for your help today. I really do appreciate it. Like I will take the time to do that. And most people don't. You know, when I look at other interactions, you know, somebody from a store will help somebody find something. They're like, okay, and they'll grab it and just leave. And I'm like, really? No, thank you. And I, I know it's technically their job, but a thank you, you know. And uh, I don't know. I guess from my standpoint, yeah, you hold the, way the door I see open it is, for somebody and they hug their purse tighter or they reach back <laughs> to make sure they still have their wallet. And you're like, ass? Yeah, yeah. It's just being nice. Or when... When they don't, I hold the door for people and they just are like, oh, you're welcome. And then they look at you and like, and then sometimes I'll call them a word or two. That's not friendly. Not friendly at all. Um, I had this lady, uh, we were at Costco and she was about five feet down from us and I was going to get a jar. I think it's like, I don't know what the heck it was, but she wanted to get out of the aisle and if I had gone and reached for this thing, she would have to wait till I put it in my cart, right? Because I was on the right side. Anyways, I was just going like this, and she just took her cart and just shoves it, stops right before she hits me. She goes, oh, sorry, I'll get out of your way real quick. And I'm like, 
um, you're not in my way, lady. I'm in your way, but you're not in my way. And she goes, excuse me. And, and she kind of, and then she touched the cart to my arm. Like she was literally coming through and she couldn't wait till I grabbed this jar. I think it was salsa, like a jar of salsa. And so when she walked by, I just said, you're a bitch. And then she looks at me. Like I waited till her face was right at my face. And I said, you're a bitch. And she's like, oh. she looked at me and I started to do it to a couple other people in the store. It's like, wow, you're just like the worst person on earth, you know? But, uh. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I'll try to go out of my way to be super friendly, super kind. I always think, you know, I could make somebody's day better. If somebody's working on retail and they help me out and I'm like, you know what, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your help. That could actually be enough. I was like, oh, wow, you know, there, there are some good things that happen at this job. And, and that could be what I can do. Uh, but at the same time, if I hold the door open for somebody and they're not like, I'm like, I'll let you know either way. If you're a nasty person, I will make sure you know that I, I think you're a nasty person, but. I, th I think the way I see it is the solution to this stupid, you know what, if they want to say white men are evil and horrible, but they see us acting like gentlemen, kind, loving, and strong, you know what I mean? They, they don't have any basis. Their argument falls flat. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't know what this toxic masculinity is. I don't see it. And if, well, if you know, if we men I, band together... Noticed? Have you noticed that when you're out and about, other than, you know, Filipino ladies at the Asian markets being scared of a skinhead-looking guy, <laughs> uh, yeah. have you noticed that out in public, it's still a relatively normal world, but in the online world is where all this social justice warrior cancel culture crap exists and on the news? You know? Yes. But if yeah. you go out in the real world, it's just people being people. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I find that uh, these these people that are like that. They want it to always be a one way thing, right? Like like this lady when I called her that, she looked at me and I, I looked right. Of course, we got masks on, but she looked at me and she's like, "I can't believe you actually called me that to my face, like right." Our our, our faces were like a foot apart, and I said, "You bitch!" And she looked at me and she's shocked. And then she just scurried out of there and it's like, oh, so you're, you're all tough when it's a one-way street. But if all of a sudden I say, hey, no, you know what? I'm going to call you out on your actions. Oh, can't handle that. And that's where the cancel culture takes off, right? That's where their role comes into play. And it's like, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. she went no. right to her car and got on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know she did. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Dang, donkulous. <clears throat> yeah, I always figure... You know what? I'm going to show the world what, uh, how great, you, you know, who can I represent? What can I represent? I have no choice. I tell you what. A white when male. You're, when you're the king of Canada and I'm the king of the United States, the clown donkey camps are going to be just overflowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. Anyways, we should jump on to a more lighthearted topic. What do you say? Oh, anytime. If, you know, if there's. We'll leave, we'll leave this last one. I say, you know what, people? We're all just the same thing. doesn't matter what your skin is, what gender you are, what you believe. You're a human being. I'm a human being. We're all human beings. And exa exactly like Todd said, evil is evil. Evil is anything. It can take on any shape, any form, any person, any anything. But human beings are human beings. We look different, but you can't judge us just like just like we can't judge. You know, 
we can't judge anybody on their color. So let's just all get along, <laughs> I guess. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't dislike anyone. I haven't taken the time to get to know. Mm-hmm. The exception being any social justice warrior or cancel culture uh, person on the internet. I hate them all. Uh, yeah. As a group, but you know, but seriously, I don't hate anybody. I haven't gotten a chance to know because I don't prejudge like that. Uh, I've never ever looked at someone and said, "Oh, they're black or they're Chinese or they're Mongolian." I don't want to get to know them. Uh, mm -hmm. No way. If we have common interest or we can create common interest, let's get along. You know, if yep. we can't have common interests, let's go our separate ways, but don't throw stones, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't all have to get along. We don't all have to, like, really like each other. We should all be polite and civil. And that's what basic manners is, right? How to treat every single person with a certain level of respect and, you know, it's like, okay, cool. We don't have a lot in common. Absolutely. It's fine. Let's move along. Yep. Everyone, everyone on earth should get the same suck, chin nod that everybody else gets. You know? Yep. Yep. Don't be hating. Don't be, you know, anything. It's just stupid. Oh, mm -hmm. and just because I don't like it, doesn't mean it's wrong or you don't have a right to do it. Yeah. You know, I have a right to speak, but I don't have a right to be heard. Yeah. You know, you have a right to do what you do as long as it doesn't affect anyone else's life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, their livelihood, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, yeah. as long as it yeah. doesn't affect them, do whatever you want. Don't care. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, if in the privacy of your own home, you want to do whatever you want to do with somebody else that's willing, human, alive, and above the age of 18, you know, go for it. Yep. But no one else needs to know that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you need to also, I think people in general need to be like, hey, there's some things that you might not agree with. And some things might even be somewhat offensive to you. Well, you just need to suck it up. Maybe you love baseball. And the person moves into the house beside you loves football. Well, there's a difference there. You're going to have to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, we, we live in this age where, oh, no, I'm a baseball fan. You like football? Oh, I, get your football out of here. It just hurts my feelings. It's not a baseball. Like, oh, man. Ugh. We're so special. And you know? Everybody's people, so special. People, Jeremy and I are a perfect example. Friends. Have a lot of things in common, but we don't agree on everything, but we still get along. And we know what? We shy away from those things that we don't agree on. That way we don't keep harping on them. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Jeremy believes in snap-on. I don't. You know, We deal <laughs> yeah. with it. <laughs> yep. I uh, pray for your soul, live or die, Todd. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, what's, uh, so you haven't been up to much, eh? You've been, uh, nursing a sore back, 
not much going on in your shop? No, um, we're dealing with that. Uh, also, I had to shut down the HVAC system out there because of the way the electric company is charging it because no one actually lives in the building. Even though it's not commercial, well, it's not a dwelling. So yeah. we, it, we we charge you more for electricity. Oh, wow. And so I had to move up and shuffle my timetable of things to do. So insulation is now way up at the top of the list. Because mm. heating and steel building was way more expensive without, you know, it cost prohibitive until I... Yeah. Uh, get the building insulated. Huh. So what kind of insulation are you doing? I believe I'm going to do... What was it? Open cell, six or eight inches from the eaves up under the roof. Okay. So that's spray foam? Yeah. Two to three inches of closed cell in the walls is the quote I was given. Right. Hmm. What I think I would like to do is uh, get getting back out here and have him quote me uh, two inches of closed cell from the eaves up, and then on top of that, after it cures, come back and give me six inches of open cell. His closed cell has more. As I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I don't know. More waterproofing, more airproofing, and more air vapor barrier stuff. And okay. open cell gives you more heat transfer insulation. That makes sense. Because you know, it's got logical more air bubbles in it, you know. Yeah. Hmm. And then on the walls, I want to. I'm going to do uh, take and get the DIYer spray foam and seal it, uh, seal all the cracks, all the crevices, all the windows, all the doors. And then in the, uh, stud bays do, uh, what's it called? Great. Now I can't remember. Uh. Oh, the word is escaping me. It's not fiberglass insulation. Oh, God. Like, like the bats? Yeah, but it's not fiberglass. Yeah. Oh, God. Now I can't remember. Ah. Yeah, it's almost like a, is it like a cotton almost or something like that? Rock wool. Like a f- insulation. What is it? Rock wool insulation. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, that's what I was thinking about doing is rock wool. Uh for the walls after I seal it, um, all the cracks and crevices. Hmm. That's cool. Because we, we're out in the middle of nowhere. We have insects, we have rodents, we have the possibility because it's a metal building, uh, that expands and contracts a lot more than a stone or wood structure would. Uh, so there's always a chance of moisture, uh, uh, getting through and mm-hmm. rock wool is immune to to that so it's not going to mold and rot like fiberglass would 
Yeah, yeah. And I want this to be the last time I insulate anything. I've done yeah. it so much. I still itch uh, yeah. all these years later. Um, but Yeah, it's not fun. What I would like to do is not uh, – I live in the wrong area uh, for it to be a benefit, and that's that uh, uh, recycled denim cotton blown-in insulation. Oh, okay, uh, yep. It has – tremendous R value and heat transfer uh, prevention. It's just sucks in a wet environment. So uh, uh, not happening here. Hmm. And I yeah, blew that stuff one time and it was a dream compared to, yeah. you know, anything fiberglass. Yeah. Yeah. Here we like in our house, we've got fiberglass in the walls, but then, and, uh, ceilings the attic spaces they do everywhere here now they do that blow-in insulation it's so nice like you if you got to go say you need to add a light and you got to move it away you just shuffle it away it's kind of sticky like it'll cling to your clothes like uh <laughs> you do anything up there like i ran some cables for a satellite dish i come down it's just like man you need to take the lint roller over your entire body because it really sticks but no which whatsoever it's just like uh i don't know what it is you know, some type of cotton or something like that. It's it's nice. I like it. And then say you want to add a new light somewhere, you got to cut a hole in the drywall, but just swish it away, do your thing, just cover it back up. You know, it's so easy. That's nice stuff. Keep in mind, um, I've had blown-in insulation twice. Like uh, after about five to ten years, that stuff under its own weight will Mm -hmm. compact some, and it loses uh, about – 30 to 50% of its R value because it's compacted. And you can go back in there and just fluff it up or just add more to the top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what's And we actually had a guy, I guess there's been a problem here. Um, people will be hired out to blow this stuff in and they won't put what they said. So uh, when we were building our house, I actually had the builder tell me how thick of the insulation they were going to do. And then I actually went up after and I measured it and they actually did even a little thicker. I forget. He's like six inches was what he said. And so after they blew it in, I went up there and I measured and everywhere is at least seven. So I thought, okay, this is good. But they say a lot of times they'll come in there and the homeowners generally never going up there. They'll put a, you know, two inches in just so it's not like blatantly obvious that there's no insulation, but you know, they can save like, you know, 60, 70% of their material costs on a job. You know, some, some of those contractors, they'll just do it. Oh yeah, you know the the things you see on TV, on the news, or those uh, consumer report type TV shows where they're exposing contractors. Yeah, yeah, they need to go to the DC area uh, for that blown in insulation because there's two really huge companies there, and both of them do this, and I know this for a fact. They're supposed to have these uh, sticky back. Uh, tape measures that read 18 inches. Oh, okay. That way the homeowner can just stick their head up in the attic and they see on this tape measure how high up the insulation is, right? Yeah. And let's say you're supposed to get 10 inches of this blown-in insulation. The contractor's cutting off the bottom four inches (laughs) or five inches of the tape measure. So it still reads 10, but there's only five there. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. And I'm like, you know what? You know what? And, and the first time I heard this, you know, was a guy at our uh, at the shooting club I belonged to in Southern Maryland. 
he was a victim of it, and he was just ranting and raving about this. I mean, he was inventing curse words, and I'm like, I hear upset. <laughs> and he finally yeah. told us, you know, what it was about. And I busted out laughing right in his face, and he's like, this ain't funny. Yes, it is. And then little by little, it caught on to the other guys in the room what I was laughing at. Mm-hmm. And then they started laughing at him, and finally he got so upset he started inventing curse words at us. He's like, what? What is so funny? I'm like, you're a contractor. <laughs> you can't look at five inches and tell the difference between five and ten just by sight. Yeah. He's like, oh, screw you guys. And, it, yeah. and I'm like, whew, I'm glad I never hired that guy. That's right. <laughs> Those are two by eights. No, that's a two by four. No, nah, it's a two by eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got two by six walls in my house, and they're just furring strips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, like, man, wood has, I don't know about where you live, but lumber here has gone through the roof. Depending so, on like what you reason- want here, it's tripled or quadrupled. Yes. Yeah, I was talking to my father-in-law. We were skiing a couple weeks ago, and, and he was looking after a little dog. And um, my brother-in-law, I guess, is building a, a house. If they had bought the wood package in October of 2020, it would have been a quarter of the price that it is right now. Like, it literally quadrupled the price of of the building this house. Just crazy. Um, and then I built a, a mezzanine in my garage here. You, so you saw the picture that... You know how much, guess how much that cost in, in wood? Oh, probably five or six hundred dollars. Seven hundred and fifty right bucks. Wow. Yeah. Which is probably about six hundred American, but oh, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like, ah, this isn't a big project, right? Like we can bang this out in a weekend and we did. And then um I told I was talking to my wife. I said, "Yeah, I'm I'm glad this isn't gonna be too expensive either. It's gonna be a couple hundred bucks to do this thing." She's like, "Oh, that's good." And I came back. I said, "You know how much you just spent on wood?" She's like, "What? Well, it was like seven fifty. He's like, "Man, it's gone up like crazy. It's so stupid." But oh yeah, um, I heard about this uh, uh, Amish uh, sawmill. They used to have uh, prior to the COVID. They made a lot of their money on outside of the lumber business they made the majority of their other income putting together uh project kits of uh playground equipment or garden sheds stuff like that mes um gazebos and they would just pre-cut all the lumber for you and ship it to you with you know tab a slot b instructions right yeah yeah they Busted out all of their kit for the lumber in COVID because, you know, this kit is, say, $300 as a kit, but, you know, they can piece out the lumber <laughs> now for like wow. 1100 Wow. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the it's- guy who owns the property over from us, the rich guys that own the hunt club, they bought property. Uh, that was on auction, and they're uh, cutting all the hardwoods right now. Oh, wow. 
Because, you know, hardwood tree prices are through the roof. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, that's crazy. I've got some here. And I could make, you know, some quick cash. I, I, I like the tree. Yeah. I want the cover, you know. So. Yeah. And when yeah, I get my yeah. shop done, I can, you know, and I need some walnut for a particular table in the future, I have a walnut tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just harvest it yourself. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I can't. I'll be on the lookout for one of those uh, portable sawmills at a good price. Mm-hmm. They All of them around here go for Ferrari money. I can't believe it. Hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like in the last five to seven years, it's become quite popular. You know, the, the little law mills and everybody wants to do a little homestead. And you, know, you got these YouTubers that, you know, show them bucking up lumber and then milling it. And it's like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, damn you, Wrangler star. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're wood miser. Go back to Jeeps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, his channel's sure changed. I, I sure loved it. In the very beginning days, you know, when he's still shooting on that little Canon Vixia camera and. Yeah. That's, that's what we were kind of talking about before we uh, hit the record button is yep. reminiscing about YouTube channels that change, you know, but I got a new hey, uh, microphone. You, know, you, you got an idea of, uh, on the, off the top of your head, of any that have changed for the good? I don't know. I know, I know a few that are getting better. Well, there's there's one. Um, it's called Foresty Forest, and it's this young guy. I don't know, maybe he's thirty or something like that. He's originally from Ontario. He was living in Calgary, so like right close to me. And he took a uh, was a little minivan that. Oh shoot, we had one for a while. Uh, like a Chevy Venture van or something, right? Like the little Chevy minivan. And he converted that and he lived in it for a year or two. He actually just bought, I think it's a three-quarter ton, like a Chevy full-size van um, that had like a four-wheel drive conversion done on it. And it's funny because he was living in the Home Depot parking lot while he was doing this whole project. So for a couple of weeks and the store owners knew and they were like, ah, that's fine. You're welcome to stay here. And and you actually hook up to their power too, like some, some of these parking lots would have places with an outlet. And, uh, and so he'd go in and buy whatever he needed and then do this thing. And he wanted to actually live in the van while he built it out. So he started with an air mattress on the floor and then, you know, built a little kitchen area and then built a bed area and this and that. And his videos are, it's funny because I, I don't know, he's got like maybe 280,000 or 160, I forget. But he'll put out a video and they do really, really well. And they're usually like 10 to 12 minutes. Him... He does a lot of uh, mountain climbing around here. So he'll just pick all these different mountains and summit them. Um, And he started his whole channel on his phone and he's, you know, he's doing it full time and he's actually just now started to actually buy other cameras, still not getting crazy with it. Like I think he bought an actual GoPro and then he bought a drone. And so his videos are getting better and they're changing a bit from how they were in the beginning, but I, I guess what he does and how he acts hasn't changed at all. It's still like, let's go hiking. You know, I'm going to do this. He's kind of, you know, he's got a crock pot. He always puts together a meal. Like he'll do enchiladas and leave them cook all day long while he's hiking and then come back and eat. And I guess his is slowly changing, getting slightly better quality from the technical side. But 
the channel itself is the same. How about how about you? Can you think of any that are that have actually gotten better as they've gotten more success on YouTube? I've been actually thinking about that for um, a couple of days to try to come up with one that I know, you know, it was interesting enough to to keep me watching or to keep me subscribed. And then they got better and better and better. Uh, as far as video quality goes, uh, Steve Summers uh, is really getting better with his. Who's that? Uh, Steve Summers. He's a machinist oh, okay. on YouTube. Uh, he's right now he's rebuilding a shop. Uh, I actually love his videos. You know, he is such an interesting character. He's a very good presenter, but yep. he got uh, a lot of new video and audio equipment. He got the Rode uh, wireless mic, and I just got with that. Uh, and so you know, a couple other little things, uh, and they're getting a lot better, right? Yeah, he's one. But then he, a friend of his that's up in that same area of Kentucky, a guy I, I'm, I do a perfect imitation of how he opens his uh, videos, and that is uh, Brian Block. It's uh, uh, BBLOCO2 on YouTube, but he's a machinist and a John Deere engineer. Uh, in his day job, but he just got some new camera equipment before it was just so grainy. You're like, dude, what you're saying, I wish I could see it, you know? Mm. And now mm. he's got some, uh, really, he's got a better camera now, uh, and learning how to use it better. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I just, but Steve Summers, that. I think is the best example I've got off the top of my head. It's somebody who's continually gotten better. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna look at it. just. And I think at that him. shows that he has the same. He's putting the same work ethic into his YouTube that he has in his day job. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just picked up that Rode wireless microphone too. I got two, two days ago on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, man, it's cool. <laughs> it is really nice. Uh, you know, because I so many problems with it. Um. Either you have a bunch of problems, you can never get it corrected, or you never have an issue, right? And it seems mm. to be about equal. And so I just got the the same quality lavalier road mic as that um, road. It's the professional lavalier mic that road has, but huh. it's still wireless to the camera. It's just not that little square. Yeah. See, I had a Sennheiser, uh, like a really high-end wireless lav mic. Um, I think to buy this one new, you can still buy this model. It's like eight or nine hundred bucks. It's a good quality one. I end up getting it used off of a friend that kind of did some commercial work, and I think I paid like four hundred bucks for it. And this was like right when I started my YouTube channel. It's like five years ago or something like that, and um, it's. Uh, I don't know. It has issues every now and then. Like usually at least once while I'm filming something, it'll have this weird, just this noise, just out of random. But other than that, it's fine. Often that'll kind of end up in a part that I can cut out and it's no big deal, but sometimes I just have to live with it. Um, but I've, I don't know, 
probably done an hour or two of filming with this little road one. And this is just a small little one, the wireless go. And uh, I haven't had a single issue. Like I literally turned it on. It came fully charged. Turn it on, and I've listened to. I was doing a bunch of test footage on different cameras and stuff to see what it sounds like. And then uh, lately, I've actually gone and actually like manual set my uh, manually set the audio settings. And so I just kind of figure out, you know, every microphone you use got a different setting for each camera. So getting all that set up, and I haven't had one issue with mine. Like I said, I've probably done it for about like uh, two hours of using it, and it's just I'm amazed. You just turn it on, and it works. So, so far I'm happy with it, but I have heard people say that, oh, you get 10 feet away and it's going to cut out. I'm like, oh, that would suck, but because, you know, I, I got the, the Sony ZV-1 camera and I really like that camera. Like it's, the lens is excellent, but the thing that I hate about it is the microphone, it, and it works good, but it's got a different sound than on Canon's. Like even the Canon built-in, they're a little bit richer and the Sony is kind of tinny sort of. And so I thought, man, with this little wireless go, it still keeps a really small form factor of the camera. Because, uh, you know, the Sennheiser wireless mic that I have, when I put that on, it the, the, the wireless thing is actually about the same size of the camera. So I'm like, well, now I've just doubled what I have to carry around. And uh, so it definitely helps. But I've also noticed that even the way that the camera processes the audio, so I'm using the Rode wireless microphone on a Canon camera, and then I switch over to the Sony. And the Sony sounds not as good. I, I think the whatever it is a Canon does internally to process and store the audio, it's a little richer than the Sony's, but I think I'm going to live with it because I, I like using the Sony. It's just so easy. It's just bing, bang, bong, you know, but yeah, it's always fun to play with. Yeah, and, it, you know, as a regular audience member myself, um, I know you were talking about one video that you have that – the example you use for like poor audio quality on one of your cameras, I'm like, it's really not to the listener. <laughs> you're overly critical of your own work. Yeah. But but you're a perfectionist like me, so no, I get it. Um, yeah. And then it's something I control too, right? Like if I have, yeah. if, if it's something I can do something about, I'm kind of like, well, I should make sure this is as good as possible. And then I'm listening with like noise canceling headphones in <laughs> an acoustically treated room, so... But yeah, it's true. And it's, you always wonder where that threshold is. Cause there's some videos I watch, like William Forsty Forrest, his audio isn't that great. I don't think he's using external microphones yet, but I'm like, sounds fine. And same thing with like, uh, so an example that we both know is Andrew Camerata. All of his yeah. audio is just a built in GoPro. And you know, well, no, people say. He also uses that. Um, the, the. Does, Handheld uh, audio recorder. Oh, yeah. For some of his stuff. And then he syncs them. Yeah. But I think when he upgraded to the GoPro 8, he he was just going to try the video video and audio GoPro only. Oh, okay. And I don't know if he's stuck with it because he hasn't done an update. But um, Hmm. And I haven't seen him using – because you could always see him using the handheld – Along with the GoPro, yeah. I haven't seen it lately, so he's probably mm. using the GoPro only. Yeah, I know he doesn't understand. I know he's smart with computers because allegedly he used to work on them, but he needs to understand what a directional mic is. Yeah, you put those Rode shotgun mics on your uh, GoPro, point it towards you. 
to talk not yeah. away from you. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing I don't like I with have, the, the Sony ZV-1 is that its built-in micro, microphone is actually directional because it's designed uh, for vlogging where you're pointing the camera at yourself. So if I flip it the other way and I talk, it, it sounds different. It's, it's not terrible, but it's like, ugh, kind of annoying. Actually, uh, Matt Carricker was using the ZV-1, but he had to switch because he said people were complaining about the audio when he pointed the camera away from himself so much. Yeah, it's funny because the Canon, uh, you have the same one I do, and I think Matt has the same one we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canon vlogging camera, if you read the manual on it, I believe it's supposed to be a directional mic, but it picks oh. it up just fine, like a dynamic, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whatever. I wish I could still buy that one. The G7X Mark II. That that is such a great camera. Ugh, I love it. Autofocus sometimes has issues. Um, If there's something caught, like when I film and there's that simple little life sign in the background, it'll always hit that sign and not my face, Um, which is a much stronger suit. Like I've also got the Canon M50, and it has a dual pixel autofocus. And then the Sony has the same thing, but the Sony actually has eye tracking too. So when it's tracking my face, it's also got a smaller little square and it keeps your eyes in focus. So the, the autofocus on that Sony is just incredible. But I love, my favorite camera I've ever used is the G7X Mark II. I love, it's such a good camera. I've, I've made more content on that camera than probably all my other cameras combined. It's just a workhorse. I still use it all the time, but We're I beat it up so much. Right now to- we're actually using it right now on the photograph, you know, part of the camera to take yep. pictures of a bunch of stuff. We're going to take up to Ohio um, and let a online, like a state auction company sell it for us. Hmm. That's cool. That way we don't have oh. to deal with squat and they only, they take like, you know very small percentage and they have built a red, they have fabricated, in my opinion, or an artificially, uh, a reputation that's artificially high. So people yep. are paying more for stuff than uh, an astute shopper would. Hmm. And that, and we want to use that for our, to our advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, may as well. I can sell it here on Market Pay, Facebook Marketplace for twenty bucks. Or I can give it to a state company and sell it for a hundred. Just saying. Yeah. And if they take 10%, you know, I still get, you know, 80 more than I was going to get. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Uh, right on. Anyway. Uh, one thing on that road, Mike, that's completely wireless, uh, one thing I meant to mention is I had a question that I went directly to road and that, hey, I'm interested in this mic, but. And I had a question about if it had, uh, if it was a high frequency device, like okay. Bose noise canceling earphones that I fried when I had them on when I turned on my welder. Mm. You know, fried a $800 pair of wireless headphones, noise canceling. And uh, yep. they had no clue. Uh, Rode couldn't tell me one way or the other. Oh, really? Uh, so. I didn't want to take the risk yeah, yeah, of spending that much money. And it's right there, you know, on your, on the front of you where the welder is right there. Whereas 
if I get the wireless lab mic, I can at least move the wireless part behind me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm shielding it, you know. That's true, yeah. When I go to weld, I'm going to have to turn off my my implant uh, for my spine but because it's high frequency. But they tell you right there, if you're going to have a uh, CT scan or an MRI or you weld or anything high frequency, just turn it off. Huh. It's shielded unless it's on. Oh, okay. I'm like, all right, cool. You know. Huh. So, oh yeah, that was something I wanted to, to tell you. Um, uh, something I found out with my new upgraded back implant because they used the same uh, wires. They just changed the brain box and battery, and they moved it up a little. Well, when they moved it up a little, they moved the leads up, um, which I thought would actually lengthen the motion of the leads because they're closer to the part of the spine where the in, the other end of the leads are. Well, no, it shortened it in a way. Uh, and guess what? I can't do now because it yanks on those wires and hurts like the dickens and there's nothing I can do about it. It will never go away. Can't ride a bicycle. Are you serious? Just found that out. Trying to ride a bicycle. So I may have a surly Krampus up for sale. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Large frame too. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, especially when you're in the market for a, uh, anything surly. I mean, a Krampus, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, you know, I've got the karate monkey. And so I've been, I've been trying to do <clears throat> like a lot more exercise lately, like trying to exercise every day and, I'm, I don't know, I'm hopefully gearing up. I'd like to maybe run another marathon this summer. And uh, there's some days, you know. Oh, I can uh, hear your knee, your old knees screaming already. Oh, yeah, they're screaming at me right now. <laughs> I'm used to it now. I've got earplugs in. <laughs> um, and, yes, I know I'm older than you, but that's yeah, how I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so, you know, I'll do like a, not a long run, but like, you know, do like a four-mile run. And uh, the next day, like my legs are sore, and the only bikes that I have, other than my 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 big fat bike, my Moonlander, they're all single speeds. And I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, I'd like to go for a 45 minute to an hour long ride every day, but for me to do that, I have to go over some hills. And man, when your legs are sore and you got these hills and you've only got one gear, <laughs> and it's the wrong gear, oh, it's just brutal. So I'm thinking about putting my Karate Monkey back to a one by 11 drivetrain, And that way on those days when I'm like, okay, my legs are sore. I need to just move for an hour and I don't really, I'm not looking for a hard workout, right? Kind of like an active recovery day. Then I can, you know, when I come up to a hill, I can put it in the granny gear and just spin, spin, spin. It's not going to hurt so bad. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I've, I've never, ever done with a bicycle. It's always like, okay, did this. Okay. Now what can we change? Now what can we change? Let's, let's try this. Let's put this bar on. It's, I don't know. It, it keeps me entertained. <laughs> My wife just like, I don't understand you. I don't understand you. <laughs> she doesn't get it. But. Eh, you know, I don't think we're meant to be understood like that. Nope. We're meant to be tolerated. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, I'm excited. If I'm doing this, I'm not bothering you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the weather is, is changing here. It's like, I don't know. We've got some nice nice weather coming up here. I feel like spring is actually here. And this is early for us. Like the snow's pretty much entirely gone, but I really do think that, that we are in the spring. So I don't know. I'd Until be excited today, for that. we had 69 to 72 every day, the sun. Uh, maybe some wind, but who cares? But we've had spring all week. Till today, and it's supposed to get eighty nine percent chance of rain today. Hmm. Yeah, that's it's exciting. Um, we you know what's funny? We didn't have a lot of snow this year, and we had a cold spell, like maybe two weeks that were pretty brutal. But it was a really really mild winter for us, I think. And, and it's funny because I'm praying uh, for a mild summer. What's that? I'm praying for a mild summer too. Yeah, just give us a mild year, you know. Just, so just for hot. a minute, you know, let's, you know, look at this through um, Corona colored glasses, through the snowflake lenses. Oh, my God, 2020 was so bad with Corona. Can't we have a good weather year in 2021? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm all for that. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right on. Was there anything else you want to cover in this episode or? I think we're doing good there. Yeah, I think uh, we've gone from uh, two surly old men to, you know, two lighthearted guys. Yep. Yeah, you betcha. Right on. Well, I guess we'll uh, say thanks to the listeners for listening, sticking around, and uh, thanks, Todd. I appreciate it. It's always good having these weekly conversations. Well, thank you, uh, uh I look forward to Fridays um, just for this. Me too. I think this is the, you know, sadly the highlight of my week. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy it. Enjoy the folks out there listening. Uh, I don't enjoy the uh, scam callers that apparently listen to us and then call me all week long trying to get me to repay a school loan I don't have and to extend my car warranty on a car I don't have. So. <laughs> Do you get that? Three, four times a day now. Oh, wow. And now I'm starting to have uh, very much fun with them, and I don't think they appreciate it. So yeah, it's win-win. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I, I did recently? I found out because I was getting the same thing. Like, there's these scams going around where um, it's probably going to start happening again here with tax season. Um, and these guys in a thick Middle Eastern accent will say that they're the IRS and that I haven't paid income tax and that I'm going to jail unless I call them back immediately. And I'm like, and he's like, uh, and he gives you a, a phone number to call him back at. And I look up the phone number. It's like Vancouver or something. I'm like, well, first of all, these guys need to realize if, if you're threatening a Canadian about income tax, it's not from the IRS, you know, like we don't have internal revenue agency here. We've got the Canadian revenue CRA. And uh, anyways, it's, it's funny. And so there's this feature on your phone where if it's not somebody that's in your contact list, it will just silence the call. So it doesn't even ring. And they could still leave a, a voicemail if they want. But I find that I was getting like one to two scam calls a day, right? And you answer it. It's like, hello, there's nobody there. 
hello. And all of a sudden a recording comes on and it's like, you know, don't waste my time. And I, I found that even just a phone ringing, I'll be in the middle of something and then the phone rings. I'm like, oh, and it's a scammer. It was driving me nuts. So it's set up now on my phone and it's like, oh, if they're not in my contacts, it doesn't even ring. Man, I've noticed that, like I said it, and it's probably been like that for about a week or two. And I was just thinking the other day, I thought, man, I sure don't get interrupted that much anymore. And oh, I love that setting. It's like my favorite thing. And then what I'll do is if it's a scammer, you can just add them to your blocked caller list. And then they don't even get a, you don't get a notification. Um, just because I'm like, screw you, you know, I, I don't have enough time in my day to, to let you waste it. So kind of like those features. I just sent you a text that uh, uh, one of the, Facebook groups I, I belong to just for fun. Um, that caused almost a riot. And I don't know why. I don't get it either. <laughs> but uh, oh. <laughs> also, also, um, when you're going to sell something online, um, words matter. I'm going to send you this other one if my phone can download it real quick. Um, zoom in on the uh, uh, description of that Canon lens. It's just coming through right now. Okay. This Sorry, riveting, folks, we uh, have slow internet. <laughs> <laughs> tampon 300 millimeter <laughs> instead of tamaron millimeter tampon oh my yeah. god good that's lord funny. well they got the other one the tamron right but yeah. not in the description <laughs> not, not in the bit. description that's Ooh. funny but it did draw my attention when i was just scrolling i was like what <laughs> yeah that's true that's funny boy those have changed over the years yeah that's right <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> right on. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll hit the, we're at like one hour and 31 minutes I've got here. So looks like a good place. We'll yep. hit the stop button and get this thing uploaded. And thanks guys for listening. Thank y'all so much. And we'll see you again next week. You betcha. <laughs>